European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 23. Focus Issue, Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. The complex link among heart failure, atrial fibrillation and lung diseases, and an update on cardiac transplantation. This issue opens with a special article entitled The European Heart Journal, Fulfilling the Mission, which Professor Crea wrote together with his team of executive editors. In September 2020, the new editors of the European Heart Journal wrote the following in their inaugural editorial. The fundamental mission of the European Heart Journal, or EHJ, remains the reduction of the global burden of cardiovascular disease. We aspire to advance this aim by worldwide teamwork to communicate practice-changing research, inspire clinical cardiologists, and pursue rigour and transparency in the application of science at the service of human health. The journal will strive to lead the field in its impact, influence, and reach. After more than one year of experience, the editors hope that the cardiological community will agree that they are fulfilling this mission. As stewards of the European Heart Journal, the editor's primary goal is not solely to achieve a high impact factor, which attests to the scientific quality and influence of our publications, but also to elevate the practice of cardiovascular medicine worldwide. Accordingly, various initiatives of the European Heart Journal strive to strengthen further links among editors, authors, reviewers and readers through a series of coordinated and diverse activities, including webinars, active social media presence and active participation at congresses worldwide. The editors are proud to serve one of the most important scientific journals in cardiovascular medicine. The issue continues with a focus on heart failure, or HF, and cardiomyopathies. Standardised data definitions are essential for assessing the quality of care and patient outcomes in observational studies and randomised controlled trials. In a special article entitled, Data Standards for Heart Failure, the European Unified Registries for Heart Care Evaluation and Randomised Trials, or EuroHeart. Suleiman Akhtar and colleagues from the University of Leeds in the UK write that the European Unified Registries for Heart Care Evaluation and Randomised Trials, or EuroHeart, project of the European Society of Cardiology aims to create contemporary pan-European data standards for cardiovascular diseases, including HF. They follow the EuroHeart methodology for cardiovascular data standard development. A working group, including experts in HF registries, representatives from the Heart Failure Association of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, and the EuroHeart was formed. Using Embase and Medline 2016-2021, they conducted a systematic review of the literature on data standards, registries, and trials to identify variables pertinent to HF. A modified Delphi method was used to reach a consensus on the final set of variables. For each variable, the working group developed data definitions and agreed on whether it was mandatory, level 1, or additional, level 2. In total, 84 level 1 and 79 level 2 variables were selected for nine domains of HF care. 
These variables were reviewed by an international reference group, with the Level 1 variables providing the dataset for registration of patients with HF on the Euroheart IT platform. By means of structured process and interaction with international stakeholders, harmonized data standards for HF have been developed. In the context of the Euroheart, this will facilitate quality improvement, international observational research, registry-based randomized trials, and post-marketing surveillance of devices and pharmacotherapies across Europe. Lung disease may represent an important yet underappreciated HF risk factor. HF and chronic lung disease are frequent comorbidities, with HF affecting one in five individuals with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. While this may be due in part to shared risk factors such as smoking and aging, there is evidence that lung function impairment may contribute directly to HF pathogenesis. Reduced lung function is associated with increased systemic inflammation, which may generate endothelial inflammation in the coronary microvasculature. Microvascular endothelial inflammation may in turn generate cardiac hypertrophy and accelerated atherosclerosis, which contribute to HF development. In a clinical research article entitled Lung Function Impairment and Risk of Incident Heart Failure, the NHLBI Pooled Cohorts Study. Christina Eckhart and colleagues from the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York, USA, sought to evaluate associations of lung function impairment with risk of incident HF. Data were pooled across eight U.S. population-based cohorts that enrolled participants from 1987 to 2004. Participants with self-reported baseline cardiovascular disease were excluded. Spirometry was used to define obstructive lung physiology. The incidence of HF was defined as hospitalization or death caused by HF. In a subset, HF events were subclassified as HF with reduced ejection fraction or HEFREF, ejection fraction less than 50%, or preserved ejection fraction or HEF-PEF, ejection fraction greater than or equal to 50%. The fine gray proportional subdistribution hazards models were adjusted for sociodemographic factors, smoking, and cardiovascular risk factors. In models of incident HF subtypes, HEF-REF, HEF-PEF, and non-HF mortality were treated as competing risks. Among 31,677 adults, there were 3,344 incident HF events over a median follow-up of 21 years. Of 2,066 classifiable HF events, 1,030 were classified as HEF-REF and 1,036 as HEF-PEF. Obstructive, adjusted hazard ratio or HR 1.17, and restrictive physiology, adjusted HR 1.43, was significantly associated with incident HF. Obstructive and restrictive ventilatory defects were associated with HEF-PEF but not HEF-REF. The magnitude of the association between restrictive physiology and HEF-PEF was similar to that of associations with hypertension, diabetes and smoking. The authors conclude that lung function impairment is associated with increased risk of incident HF 
and particularly incident HEFPEF, independent of and to a similar extent, as major known cardiovascular risk factors. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Bradley Morong from the Harvard Medical School in the Department of Cardiology in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, and Marc Humbert from the Université Paris-Saclay in France. The authors conclude that the work of Eckhart and colleagues provides a fresh and comprehensive assessment of the association of lung dysfunction and outcome in HF, emphasizing substantial adverse outcomes for disease-specific hard clinical events among patients with HEFPEF. These findings reiterate that pulmonary dysfunction is of central importance to the HEFPEF syndrome in many patients, but also add a measure of urgency to establishing evaluation and care plans that prioritize lung function testing in phenotyping and prognosticating patients clinically. In this regard, the current work should mark a key shift in the approach to this complex and highly morbid form of cardiopulmonary disease and overall reminds the practicing clinical community that the P in the acronym HEFPEF may inform pulmonary dysfunction as well as preserved ejection fraction. Eckhart and colleagues should be congratulated for their demonstration that a sizable proportion of HEFPEF patients may indeed suffer from HEFP2EF a severe debilitating cardiopulmonary condition in greater need of multidisciplinary research and care. The link between HF and atrial fibrillation is complex. In a clinical research article entitled Influence of Atrial Fibrillation on Efficacy and Safety of Omicamptiv Macabil in Heart Failure, the Galactic HF Trial, Scott Solomon and colleagues from the Harvard Medical School explored the influence of atrial fibrillation or flutter, or AFF, on the effectiveness of omicamptiv macabal in HEFREF. Galactic HF enrolled patients with New York Heart Association, or NYHA, class 2 to 4 HF, left ventricular ejection fraction less than or equal to 35%, and elevated natriuretic peptides. They assessed whether the presence or absence of AFF a pre-specified subgroup, modified the treatment effect for the primary and secondary outcome and additionally explored effect modification in patients who were or were not receiving digoxin. Patients with AFF, N equaling 2,245 or 27%, were older, more likely to be randomized as an inpatient, less likely to have a history of ischemic etiology or myocardial infarction, had a worse NYHA class, worse quality of life, lower estimated glomerular filtration rate, and higher N-terminal pro-brain natriuretic peptide levels. The treatment effect of omicamptiv macabal was modified by baseline AFF, interaction P equaling 0.012, with patients without AFF at baseline deriving greater benefit. The worsening of the treatment effect by baseline AFF was significantly more pronounced in digoxin users than in non-users, interaction P equaling 0.007. There was minimal evidence for effect modification in those patients not using digoxin, P equaling 0.47, or in digoxin users not in AFF. Solomon et al. conclude that patients in AFF at baseline are less likely to benefit from omicamptiv macabal than patients without AFF. 
although the attenuation of the treatment effect was disproportionately concentrated in patients with AFF who were also receiving digoxin. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Peter van der Meer, Michiel Rienstra and Dirk van Veldhausen from the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. The authors conclude that it's unclear what the place is of omicamptive macabre in HF, given the relatively small effect size on cardiovascular outcomes, neutral effects on exercise capacity, and particularly in the light of the observed effects in patients with AFF, reported in the study by Solomon et al. HF is a global challenge, with lower- and middle-income countries, or LMICs, carrying a large share of the burden. Treatment for HEFREF improves survival, but is often underused. Economic factors might have an important effect on the use of medicines. In a clinical research article entitled Global Disparities in Prescription of Guideline-Recommended Drugs for Heart Failure with Reduced Ejection Fraction, Jasper Tromp and colleagues from the National University of Singapore and National University Health System in Singapore looked at this matter more closely. This analysis assessed prescription rates and doses of renin-angiotensin system, or RAS inhibitors, beta blockers, and mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists at discharge and six-month follow-up in 8,669 patients with HEFREF, 1,458 from low, 3,363 from middle, and 3,848 from high-income countries, hospitalized for acute HF, in 44 countries in the prospective Report HF study. The authors investigated determinants of guideline-recommended treatments and their association with one-year mortality, correcting for treatment indication bias. Only 37% of patients at discharge and 34% of survivors at six months were on all three medication classes, with lower proportions in LMICs than in higher-income countries. 19% versus 41% at discharge, and 15% versus 37% at six months. Women and patients without health insurance or from LMICs or without scheduled medical follow-up within six months of discharge were least likely to be on guideline-recommended medical therapy at target doses, independent of confounders. Being on greater than or equal to 50% of guideline-recommended doses of RAS inhibitors and beta-blockers were independently associated with better one-year survival, regardless of country income level. Trump and colleagues conclude by noting that patients with HEFREF in LMICs are less likely to receive guideline-recommended drugs at target doses. Improved access to medications and medical care could reduce international disparities in outcome. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Rolf Fechter and Carl Philipp Rommel from the University of Leipzig in Germany. The authors note that Trump et al. conclude that improved access to medications and medical care could reduce international disparities in outcome. They believe that it is questionable whether this demand is really enough and think goals should be more ambitious. First, the most recent ESC guidelines have reinforced a follow-up assessment of HF patients one to two weeks after HF hospitalization. This should become routine in HF care and be followed by a phase of treatment optimization in the months after hospitalization. 
Second, in this time period, loop diuretics should be reduced if patients are well decongested. In the recent Rebic trial, it was nicely shown that this can be done in stabilized patients without increased risk of recurrent hospitalization or symptom recurrence. Moreover, registry data show that optimization of disease-modifying therapy, e.g. angiotensin receptor neprilism inhibition, is associated with reductions in diuretic therapy. Thus, initiation and uptitration of disease-modifying therapy and reductions in loop diuretics should be the targets for treatment. The factors identified in the Report HF trial, especially female and uninsured patients, should have our specific attention. This issue further contains the state-of-the-art review article entitled Heart Transplantation – Focus on Donor Recovery Strategies, Left Ventricular Assist Devices and Novel Therapies by Maria Henorosa Crespo-Lero and colleagues from the Hospitalario Universitario a Coruña, or CHUAC, in Coruña, Spain. The authors have noted that heart transplantation is advocated in selective patients with advanced HF in the absence of contraindications. Principal challenges in heart transplantation center around an insufficient and underutilized donor organ pool, the need to individualize titration of immunosuppressive therapy, and to minimize late complications such as cardiac allograph vasculopathy, malignancy, and renal dysfunction. Advances have served to increase the organ donor pool by advocating the use of donors with underlying hepatitis C virus infection and by expanding the donor source to use hearts donated after circulatory death. New techniques to preserve the donor heart over prolonged ischemic times and enabling longer transportation times in a safe manner have been introduced. Mechanical circulatory support as a bridge to transplantation has allowed patients with advanced HF to avoid progressive deterioration in hepatorenal function while awaiting an optimal donor organ match. The management of the heart transplantation recipient remains a challenge despite advances in immunosuppression, which provide early gains in rejection avoidance, but are associated with infections and late outcome challenges. In this article, the authors review contemporary advances and challenges in this field to focus on donor recovery strategies, left ventricular assist devices, and immunosuppressive monitoring therapies with the potential to enhance outcomes. They also describe opportunities for future discovery to include a renewed focus on long-term survival, which continues to be an area that is understudied and poorly characterized, non-human sources of organs for transplantation, including xenotransplantation as well as chimeric transplantation, and technology competitive to human heart transplantation, such as tissue engineering. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.